Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us at Life Family Church Podcast. We exist to reach, disciple, and empower people to live in the fullness of God. If you're new to our church or want to learn more about us and what we believe, you can check us out online by simply going to lifefamilychurch.net. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Open your Bibles, if you would, please, to the book of Psalms, chapter 91. We're going to take up this evening's times and offerings. Psalms 91, I think, believe that's very appropriate <clears throat> chapter. Can you say amen? amen? To declare over yourself every day. Every day. Psalms 91. So, if you open your Bibles there, Psalms 91, I'm going to read to you out of the Passion Translation of the Bible. I read out of three. I read out of the Passion, the King James, and the Amplified Version of the Bible. So, Psalms 91, verse 1. When you sit enthroned under the shadow of Shaddai. Did you know you're seated with him in heavenly places at the right hand of authority? When you sit enthroned under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of the God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me. The only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy powerful. He will protect you from false accusations and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are his shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about any attack of demonic forces at night. If you were here this morning, I told you this morning that Basically, what's happening with these individuals, they are totally demonized. And they, will fall, and they fall into a catatonic state. And so, therefore, they're actually totally taken over and possessed because you are totally possessed to do what has happened in the last 24 hours. Actually, the, there's been three things. There's a third one. I don't know if you saw, but I guess Gibson in Florida or something like that. They had a Walmart cleared out because somebody called in a bomb threat. So, it's just... People are demonized today, all over the world. You've got to be totally demonized. That means your conscience is seared totally to do. But it says here, you will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. I'll say that one more time. Don't fear a thing. A thing. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. You have not lost your mind. You have a sound mind. And the sound mind only comes from the Word of God because Hebrews 4.12 says that the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the dividing of soul and spirit, joints of morrow, and is a discerner of the heart. So the Word of God is alive, and you have a sound mind. So don't fear a thing, whether by night or by day, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor were the powers of the evil launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator of the wicked that perishes in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God's most high, our secret hiding place. Now, isn't that interesting? What does that mean? That means you're hidden in him. That means you're keeping His commands, you're living pure and holy, you're doing right. Not that you don't make mistakes. Because the Bible does say a righteous man or woman will fall seven times, but they will rise again. Come on now. The time that we get ourselves into trouble is that when we, don't, when we stop trying. That's when we get ourselves into trouble. But if we're changing and we know we need to change and we're growing and we want to grow and we continue to grow and the direction is forward, guess what? God will work that out. Come on now, because what you're doing is you're working your salvation out with fear and trembling. Can you say amen? So God will work with that. The moment that we stop is the moment that we're in trouble. So when we live our lives within the shadow of the God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go. Woo! That's thinking awesome. Defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. 
I'll even walk, I'll even walk unharmed among the fierce powers of darkness, trembling, trim, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For there is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you have delighted in me as my great lover, I will greatly protect you. I will set you in a high place, safe and secure before my face. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray. Listen, your prayers are not hitting the ceiling. God's ear is ever so close to your lips. Do you believe it? I believe it. I will answer and cry for help every time you pray. And you will find and feel my presence even in your time of pressure and trouble. I will be your glorious hero and give you a feast. You will be satisfied with a full life and with all that I, I do for you. For you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. That is powerful. And we should claim that every single day. Don't let the devil lie to you that you're all alone and God's not with you. That is an untrue statement. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, especially when you feel like you're in trouble. Come on, hello somebody. You just cry out, I'm in trouble. He's right there to carry you. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you. Claim Psalms 91. Declare it over yourself. It's your legal right because of the blood of Jesus. Can you say amen? All right, if you need an offering envelope on the back of the seat in front of you, there'll be an offering envelope. If you'll fill that out, put your checks in there, Life Family Church. Or if you're filling out by credit card or debit card, please, please do that. And fill out the CVS number uh, on the back of your card and things like that. And write your address so that we can do that. You know, one of the things that we've done is Sunday nights, we just, it's a refreshing night. That's what it is. And people come from many other churches. If you're happy with the church that you're attending, please stay there. We don't want you. Just come on Sunday nights to get, get a drink. Just come get a drink. Amen. We, you know, no holds bar on Sunday nights. Amen. We let a rip, tater chip. I'm just going to tell you right now. We don't hold back. Amen. <laughs> Sunday morning is a little more conservative because we don't want to freak people out because they're afraid of the supernatural. I mean, if, if nobody's ever seen anybody fall out in the power of God on the floor laughing uncontrollably, then they think maybe they've lost their minds. Like some government parties we know. Praise God. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we kind of, we hold back just a little bit on Sunday mornings. Not that we don't, not led by the Spirit of God, but some people just need to be taught these things. Can you say amen? Yeah, we want to teach them. If you're ready to give, say Yay. All right, lift your offering toward heaven if you would, please. Father, we thank you for the gift of the giver. And as we plant seed into the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, it will be given back to us, pressed down, shaken together, and running over through the hands of men. So, Lord, we thank you for pay raises. We thank you for bonuses. We thank you for jobs and better jobs. Those who don't have jobs, get jobs. Lord, those that have jobs that pay low, get pay raises. Father, those that have businesses, they shall increase. All their investments, banking investments, increase in the name of Jesus. Father, because we are faithful to be tithers and to be givers to advance the kingdom of God in the earth today. We love you and bless you and praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen and amen. Ushers, if you'll serve the people. Beautiful music, don't from all my unruly notes. The distance is distant, it's moving close to ice. Hallelujah. Something very interesting has been happening in the last about three weeks or so. Uh, we've been laying hands, and the congregation has been laying hands on prayer cloths, and we've had notable miracles. Notable. Um, it started probably about four weeks ago. 
There was a, a young lady in our church. She's about seven years old. And she has a dog named Blaze. She's 13 years old. So she came on a Sunday morning. She said, Pastor, can we lay hands on a prayer cloth? My dog Blaze has got a bloody tumor in his right ear. And he's bleeding from it profusely. And it actually goes into his brain. I said, sure, let's do that. So we anointed her with oil and everything. She went home immediately. She sat Blaze down and she said, now Blaze, me and Pastor, we laid hands on this prayer cloth. And he said for me to put it on your ear and you'd be totally healed. So sure enough, she sticks that thing right on his ear and everything like that. And, and then about three weeks, they all, they all forgot about it. And within a three-week period, the tumor totally disappeared her mom, her mom checked on the dog, and we got, a, we got a before and after picture. So we want to show you the before and after picture of Blaze's ear totally here, totally disappeared. That, actually, the, the, the veterinarian said they could do nothing for the dog, it was, and we had to put him down. But Jesus, is it scriptural? I will pour out my spirit upon all, all flesh, all flesh. So, if you'll look, you see the dog's face is pointed down on the top one here. And as the, there's a bloody tumor. There's Alexa with the prayer cloth. You can actually see a stain. And here's the ear again three weeks later. Totally healed by the power of Almighty God. So that was one. And then Tammy gave us a testimony of one of her relatives. They, they took a prayer cloth, and he was in a serious bad way. And now he's improving constantly, right? That, that's, that was a second one. A third one, uh, Matt and Michelle's um, youngest son, um, Amakai, he had some, I guess, hernia issues, like severe hernia issues, to the point that they would have to actually do surgery. So... We prayed for uh, Amakai. They've been believing for Amakai. Every time there was a healing service or a healing meeting, they brought him up, brought him up, brought him up. Listen, you got to be consistent. Hello, be persistent. Yeah. And so um, we had uh, Annie and Kevin Durant come, and she's got a ministry of healing, and she prayed for them. And then the next Sunday night, we anointed prayer cloths. The whole congregation came forward, and it was the day before, the next day, which was a Thursday, and he was going to have surgery on Friday. They set it all up and everything. They, pr they put that prayer cloth where it was needed, and then they took him to the doctor. And uh, Now, Michelle's a nurse, so she told the doctor, she said, Doctor, before we do this surgery, could you please look at, look at the sun one last time and, and, and tell us if anything has changed? The doctor looked at him and she said, I'm canceling yes. the surgery. He is totally healed, yes. totally taken care of. And, she said, and, and then all the nurses were like, that was the first ever in history that, we, that a doctor would actually cancel the surgery. I mean, they had everything prepped and canceled the surgery. And that's very unusual, isn't it? So, we have been laying hands on prayer cloths in congregation. And so, tonight we've got some more prayer cloths. We're going to run with this. And we're going to talk about it tonight. Of what, what is going on. Okay, open your Bibles, if you would please, to the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And then hold your finger there. And then go to the book of Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19, and hold your finger at 1 Corinthians 12, but go to Acts chapter 19. And we'll pick it up in verse 11. Acts chapter 19, verse 11, and it says this, And God wrought special miracles. Somebody say, special miracles. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and evil spirits, evil spirits went out of them. Now go over to 1 Corinthians, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. King James Version of the Bible says this, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you 
ignorant. The Amplified says it like this. Now about the spiritual gifts, listen to this, the special endowments. The special endowments of supernatural energy. Brethren, I do not want you to be misinformed. The Passion Translation says this, My fellow believers, I don't want you to be confused about spiritual realities. Spiritual realities. Special endowments. I've heard for years, listen, I've heard for years, ministers say, God has given our ministry a special endowment for cancer or a special endowment for deaf people. And it seems like what it is, is that God will anoint a ministry, anoint a person, and specifically they almost become like an expert in that arena that God does. And it's all by the Holy Ghost. So, when we take a look at the Word of God and says, hey, I'll give you a special endowment. Now watch this. Just because something, I mean, we've had prayer cloths and things like that on a regular basis over 23 years of ministry. But there now seems to be something that God is doing. And if you're not paying attention, you could actually miss that opportunity. Just because, you know, you may be used to something, but it doesn't mean that God doesn't want to do something special. Now watch this. The nine gifts of the Spirit, there are three power gifts, there are three utterance gifts, and there are three revelation gifts, right? The revelation gifts are a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. The utterance of gifts are prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, and the power gifts are miracles, the gifts of healings, healings, not the gift of healing, it's healings, and the gift of faith. They're all for the body of Christ. They're all for us to flow in. I'll give you an example. James, the other day, got a word of knowledge, and he's learning to hear the voice of God and things like that, but he got a word of knowledge. And it was kind of funny how God will just kind of just throw you in there so that, to get your attention. So he's at a restaurant, right, and he's got you to help some, some tea or tay, depending if you live in Hillsborough County or Polk. I'm not really sure, but it's either one or the other. How do you say Polk County tea? Tay. <laughs> there we go. See? I'm learning the language. Sweet tay. <laughs> sweet tay. Yeah. yeah. So we had sweet tay. <laughs> on, his, on the counter in the restaurant and there were some kids playing with a basketball and all of a sudden he had the thought sure enough that ball is probably going to come over and knock that tay right off the table into my lap tay 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 ice on all the above two minutes later the ball comes flying through the air, hits the tay, and right into his lap. Only hits the tay. Only, nothing else on the table, just a tay. <laughs> sure enough, he is soaked from the waist down. I said, James, I said, that was a... <laughs> I said, James, that was a word of knowledge. God was trying to preserve you to move your tay. Okay, praise God. <laughs> Come on, is that true? Yes or no? Absolutely. Absolutely. So he learned a lesson. The next time when he has a thought, move the tay. Move the tay. <laughs> Come on, hello. And we're all learning. That's, that's what God is doing. He's teaching it. How many times have we missed it and that's happened to us? <laughs> Andre, like, oh, like one million times. Praise God. Yeah. Listen, you're a spiritual people first. And God wants, listen, at any other time in history, now these things are very prevalent. Because why? The world is getting wickeder and wickeder and is getting darker and darker. You have to understand something about God's grace and His mercy. When wickedness and darkness gets darker and wickeder, God's grace and mercy goes deeper. As a matter of fact, God's grace and mercy is so deep, wickedness just meets it already there. And because we are a spiritual people, and these things are discerned. Listen, you don't have to be in the five-fold ministry. You don't have to be an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, pastor, or teacher to operate in the nine gifts of the Spirit. Amen. God wants to flow through you. They are actually accessible to you. And you should be flowing in them. The Bible says in the book of Acts that Stephen the deacon did great signs and wonders among the people. And he was a deacon in a church. What is a deacon in a church? A deacon is those that are in the ministry of service. They're the ones that clean the toilets, the vacuum, and things like that. They're the leaders. Come on, Timothy. First Timothy is very clear that the office of a deacon. is You've stepped up from a congregation, just a congregation member. Now you're in the ministry of service. 
Hello, you have entered into deaconship. And the Bible says he did great signs and wonders among the people. We have now entered into the beginning of great signs and wonders. When, you, when, when there's prayer claws laid upon people or animals and tumors disappear, you know that we have entered into a special time of endowment. Amen. And sometimes you have to run with it or you could miss it. I thought to myself when that happened with the dog, I thought, well, I'm not going to pass this up. I'm going I'm to run in this vein. However long God wants to run in this vein, because there's just something special that seems to be happening. Amen. Now, this morning, we had a, some visitors here, some grandparents, and they brought a grandson. And they have found out on the Internet we were at and things like that. And, and this morning, I talked about for the love of God. That's what I talked about. And one of the points for the love of God was that because of God's love, He does miracles. So I call for those that needed healing in their body or that needed repair of their heart or whatever. So the grandmother brought him up and God touched him. And he went, I told him to go run down the street. So he ran down the street, he ran down the street, came all the way back. He said, it's all totally gone. He ran around, though. he ran around. All the way around. Oh. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so he ran around all the way around the whole block. So he just didn't run down the street into the corner. He decided to take a lap all the way around. So watch, when he came in here, he was a little winded. But he said he was feeling as, like if the heart palpitations were going on, none. Wow. Totally healed. So you have to understand, that's the time that we're living in. When, when there's darkness, God always trumps it with light. And you have to understand that his light is life. That's what First John, I mean, that's what John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word was light, the light of men. Come on now. And light brings life, because the life is in the light. So when you lay hands on people, watch it, when you lay hands on people, and you pray for people, the light of God, which is in the life, goes into them. And as we approach the day of the rapture, because the rapture is coming, folks. I don't care what people believe. All I know is I'm going out on the first ship. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going out. Hello? I made a con- I know. I know the rapture is going to take place. Absolutely. How do you know that? Because in the day as it was in the days of Noah, I made a Facebook quote. Stop conforming to Noah's world or you might miss the boat. Eight people entered into that ark, which rose above the wickedness of the worlds. And God closed that door. They went into another dimension. Hello? Listen. Rapture means a catching away. That's what that word rapture means. You won't find the word rapture in the Bible, but you will find catching away. And we've had several examples already. Did you know that Enoch walked with God and was raptured because God took him. Did you know Elijah walked with God and uh, God took him? Don't you know that Jesus was raptured after he told them, do not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise on high. Hello, don't tell me that there's not a rapture. Did you know that Stephen was translated from one place to another place? Don't tell me there's not a rapture. We are not destined to wrath. Really? Like God is going to allow his beautiful bride in whom he's about to marry get the crap beat out of her for seven years? I love you, darling. Let me give you a black eye. Boom. I love you, darling. Go to the guillotine. I want to see if you can really fall in love with me. I don't, I, don't, I don't understand this confusion that's in the body of Christ about this stuff. I think they just need to stick with the word. Can you say Amen. Stick with the Word and stick with the Holy Ghost. You'll have a sound mind. Can you say amen? So now about spiritual gifts, the special endowments, spiritual gifts, special endowments of supernatural energy. So we see all through the Word of God where God used certain things or used certain gifts besides just the, what I mean by the nine gifts. He used certain elements. Let me give you an example. In John twenty twenty two, it says this, And when He had said this, He breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. So how do you breathe on somebody? <laughs> 
and said, Receive the Holy Ghost. In 2 Kings chapter 13, verses 20 and 21, it says this, And Elisha died, and they buried him. And the bands of the Moabites invaded the land at the coming of the new year. And it came to pass, as they were burying the man, behold, they spied a band of men, and they cast the man into the sepulcher of Elisha. And when the man was let down, touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood to his feet. Not only did they outrun the army, but they outran the guy that just got raised from the dead. Enough anointing left over a, an endowment, a residue in the bones of a dead man. Raised a man from the grave. Special endowments of supernatural energy. In John chapter 9, verse 6 and 7, it says this, And when he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground, and he made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of a blind man with clay, and said to him, Go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which is interpreted scent. He went his way, therefore, and washed, and came seeing. So we had mud, spit, and revival. Praise God. Amen. Somebody needs to write a book on mud, spit, and revival. Special endowments, special things that God does. It's a special endowment when we lay hands on a cloth and a cloth goes to a dog's ear as full of a bloody tumor and suddenly within a three-week period, who knows, it could have been overnight. It was three weeks before they checked the ear. So that tells you, was it the faith of the dog or was it the faith of a child? Faith of a child. The faith of a child. Wow. You know what? For seven years old, I think that's pretty good right there. Come here, Blaze. Now, Blaze, we're friends, right? Because you're supposed to be man's best friend. As a matter of fact, dog spelled backward means God. So you've got to be God's friend too. Now, Blaze, we went and got this prayer cloth, and Pastor and I prayed over it, and we believed it. And all that. Now, listen, you're going to be healed, okay? In the name of Jesus or whatever. Why, why can't we be like that? I mean, what, what happens? What happens to us? Life? The life, you know, and we're standing and believing and maybe we have some high expectations and things don't seem to go through and people hurt us, they stab us in the back and there's all kinds of stuff. Listen, have faith like a child. Yes, go ahead. I picked up one of those um, prayer cloths last week, and I was dealing with a sciatic nerve, and I mean really bad in my back and all the way down, so I stuck it in my underwear. <laughs> I did. I st- but it's gone. Totally gone. Totally gone. Totally healed. Wow. Amen. Okay. So, man, when, when God starts to do something, yes. we should recognize it. Hello. Amen. Run with it. Yes. Run with that. Listen, there's two rivers, yet many streams. Ezekiel 47, out of the Amplified, says, wherever the double river. Go to Ezekiel 47. Ezekiel chapter 47. There are two rivers, but many streams. All right, we're going to pick it up in verse number 8 out of the Amplified. It says this, Then he said to me, These waters pour out toward the eastern region and go down into the Arabian or the Jordan Valley on into the Dead Sea. And when they shall enter into the sea, the sea of putrid waters, the water shall be healed and made fresh. And where, Verse 9. And wherever the double, double river shall go, every living creature with swarms shall live. And we got an Amplified Bible. Do you see that? Yes. Wherever the double river goes. I've, I've heard some preachers say this is a river of healing and a, and a river of prosperity. This is a river of joy. It's a river of deliverance. Wherever the double river goes. Everything shall live. So there are two rivers that flow from the throne of God on the east side of the throne of God. Hello. And, but there are many streams that come from those rivers. So I wonder if there's a stream that's flowing through healing through a supernatural endowment as you and I bleed together and lay hands on this and it's taken. I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. Because the proof of something working is the fruit of it. Hello, somebody. Come on. The proof of something working is the fruit of it. So special endowments. Something interesting about the prophet's office. 
that I'm continuing to learn. Number one, I fear that office. I fear it very much so. As a matter of fact, it's actually over the years has prevented me to actually operating in the fullness when that anointing comes upon me to do that. Been very much afraid of it. Say, so why? Why would you be so afraid? Because I don't want to get before the great white throne judgment of God and actually God Almighty look at me and say, everything you said I didn't tell you to say. You lied about me. That would be a very bad day for eternity for me. Very bad day. Come on, hello. As a matter of fact, from what I've read about prophets, they are actually the mouthpiece of God and they are the friend of God and they hear God's voice. Now, there's a little difference between the Old Testament prophets and the New Testament prophets. Okay? In the Old Testament, we were led by them because there were three people that were anointed. It was the king, the prophet, and the priest. So, in the Old Testament, if a prophet showed up in a city, they had a runner go out and meet the prophet first. And they asked him, you got good news or you got bad news? And if the prophet got bad news, the runner would run back into the city, sackcloth and ashes, baby. God have mercy. Come on, hello, somebody. Yeah. And prophets got in trouble with God a lot. <laughs> hello. I want you to go to Nineveh. No. Let me say one word to you. Okay, what? Fish bait. Praise God. Amen. Fish bait, baby. <laughs> Where are you going? Not, no, I'm not going to Nineveh. No, I'm not. No, I'm not going. Hello. Listen, the professional fishing boat people threw the dude overboard. The storm stopped. Ah, who wants that responsibility? People walking around and prophet so-and-so. You Prophet lion. Just because your business card says prophet doesn't mean you're a prophet. Prophet nothing but your pocketbook. So I'm learning something about this prophet's office. It's very interesting and uh, pretty cool. I know when the, I'm only... I'm only prophesying when, that, when I feel that anointing come on me. That is a real key right there. That's a real key. And let me give you an example. One of the things this year was through Kenneth Copeland, I think it was, or he said something to the effect that if you will take Jesus to the world, God will back up what you do. Kenneth Copeland did that. So I've been doing that all year long, and I want, to, I want to share with you two big miracles that recently took place. Sometimes I share these things, sometimes I don't. I share probably more on Sunday night than I do Sunday morning. But two, two big things that took place. And one, of our, one of my clients, and I was on the property, and one of them was a boxer, professional boxer from Nigeria. Um, I think it's um, Ernest. Ernest is his name. So I, I was talking to Ernest and all that kind of stuff, and I was asking him some techniques and things like that, if he could show me some techniques. And I said, where are you from? And he said, I'm from Nigeria. I said, oh, are you, are you getting your green card? He said, yeah, we're going through the legal things and all that kind of stuff. And, and he said, I, I, I feel like I want to come to America and so like that. And he was being sponsored by a professional boxing um, entity, a lot of millionaires and all that kind of stuff. So he was doing lightweight boxing and all that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, I felt the anointing of the prophet come on me. And this is what he said. He showed me something. He said, yeah. He said, if you see right here, and he pulled his hair back, and he had a huge scar that went from here all the way to the back of his head. And he said, I almost died. And I said, well, let me tell you what happened. I said, he said, okay. I said, you were on a motorcycle on the right-hand side and you were driving and a car was next to you and made a right-hand turn and you slammed into the car. You hit the car, you flew over, hit your head and flew over and you were in the hospital. And I said, that happened when you were in your 20s. He said, what of my God? Who have you been talking to? And I said, God Almighty. And I, watch this. And I said, I just saw it happen to you. And then I said this to him. I said, if you will give God all the glory publicly in the ring, God will lift up your name to be gloried. He said, you glory me. He, why wouldn't God want to glory that man? Of course. He's going to take it and he's going to bring glory to God. As man is glorifying him, he's going to glorify God. Hello. So what is it? It's not, you just can't prophesy to prophesy. No. Now, you have to wait for the anointing to be able to do that. Let me help a lot of you. I know nothing about your private life. God, be pure and holy on Sunday. Don't look at his eyes. It's his eyes. He knows something. He knows. No, I know nothing. 
I know nothing. I know nothing. I know nothing in God unless God reveals it. I mean, I understand because I've been in Brother Hagin's meetings when Brother Hagin was, you know, around. I wouldn't want Brother Hagin looking at me because I'm thinking, oh, I repent, I repent, I repent, I repent, I repent, I repent. God's speaking to the prophet. I repent, I repent. <laughs> Come on, hello, somebody. Amen. I'm learning something in the prophet's office that God will show you on the window screen of your mind. Give you a word of knowledge or give you something like that. You'll just have a knowing. And then usually the second thing that will come is the fear. Do I say something now? Do I not say something? What if I'm missing it? And then you get flooded with all of this doubt and all this unbelief and things like that. It just comes at you like crazy. What what is that? That's a special endowment, supernatural energy. And he's given it. To the body of Christ. All the nine gifts of the Spirit have been given to the body of Christ for us to operate in. Now, yes, the fivefold ministry will have special endowments with that ministry. That's just the way it is. But you have to understand that the fivefold ministry is designed, number one, for the perfecting of the saints, and number two, the work of the ministry. It's the work of the ministry and the perfecting. Not only that, along comes with it double judgment in this life. And isn't it interesting? You can be a congregation member and reap the same rewards of a prophet. How do you do that? If you give a cup of cold water to the prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. Watch this. You get the same reward. (laughs) You get the same reward without double judgment. Oh, snap. Who wouldn't want that? You mean I get the same reward, but I don't get doubly judged? Yes. I don't want to be in your shoes, preacher. Come on now. That's because God holds those that teach others doubly accountable. Because if we teach something wrong, or like in false doctrine, hello. Or if we're not a good example before you, come on, hello somebody. Amen. So these are special endowments, special things. God used spit and clay, the breath, hello, cloths. These are all accessible to you as believers. To flow in. Because basically all you are is a conduit in which the power flows. We minister the unseen. The anointing is like wind. You can feel it, but you can't see the wind. Let me ask this question. How many has ever seen the wind? I've never seen the wind, but how many have seen its effects or have felt the wind? That is the anointing of God. The anointing of God is like electricity in the natural If I walk over to this wall, and if I tell you, listen to me, there are conduits in this wall, folks, that hold electrical wires that go from the electrical panel that's in the ceiling that goes down the wall, down to the outlet. If I knock a hole in the wall, cut the conduit, take two wires, stick them out, put a sign on the wall, do not touch, live wire. How would you know? You wouldn't know unless you... Give you five bucks if you touch it. Well, I'm not really sure it does say don't touch live wire. Well, just because there's a sign there doesn't necessarily mean the wires are live. Well, how do you know that? There's a stop sign on the corner, but not everybody obeys the stop sign. No, you wouldn't know. <laughs> you wouldn't know unless you grabbed a hold of them wires. And if you grabbed a hold of them wires, the fruit of it would be your response. Some of you would be screaming. Ah! Some of you, your hair would. <laughs> Some of you would be jumping up and down. Believe me, there will be a manifestation of the electricity of power. You say to me, Dr. Jack, why do people laugh in your services? I usually tell them, obviously, your mother's never told you. People laugh because they're happy. Praise God. Amen. It's not that complicated. Dr. Jack, why do people fall down in your services? I tell them, obviously, your mother's never told you. People fall down because they can no longer stand up. Praise God. I mean, it's just not, it is not that complicated here. It's very simple. Dr. Jack, why do people get healed in your services? I don't know. I'm not the healer. He's the one who heals. Can you say amen? He will always get the glory. It's always Jesus. Amen. amen. And it's an unseen power that comes from the 
well of living water comes from the river that flows out of your belly for you are the temple of the Holy Ghost and God there dwells in. Number two miracle. I have an officer that works for me, security officer, works for me. A week ago he had a minor stroke. Young man, 50, 52 years old. Had a minor stroke. Was paralyzed a little bit on his face, down his left side, and down his leg. He was in the hospital for an entire week. So I tried calling him, tried calling him, finally he answered the phone. And I said to him, well, let me know when you get out of the hospital. I'm going to come see you. So he was in there for about four or five days or so. He had gotten out. And he started working for um, another client of mine. And I pulled up on the property, and I saw him, and he saw me. And I said, hey, how you doing? He said, oh, good, good, good. I said, how you feeling? And he said, well, I'm still numb in my face here a little bit, and I'm numb on my left-hand side, and I'm numb on my, my right. I can't hardly feel my, my left foot. And I said, oh, man, would you mind if I pray for you? He said, sure, Pastor, pray for me. I laid my hands on him. I said, in the name of Jesus, I bind everything right now in Jesus' name. All of a sudden, the anointing came on him. It was like within about 60 to 120 seconds. He went, oh my gosh. He said, I feel, I feel, so I tapped him in the ribs. I said, you feel that? He said, I, I feel that, Pastor. I feel that. Suddenly he swelled up, started crying uncontrollably, grabbed a hold of me. He said, oh, thank you. I said, I didn't do it. I said, Jesus did it for you. I said, what do you want to do? He said, I feel like I want to run. I said, take off running. He took off running down the sidewalk. Amen. Turned around and came back. I said to him, by the unction of the Holy Ghost, I said to him, by the end of the day, you'll be 100%. Three hours later, I checked on him. 100% totally healed by the power of God. Totally by the power of God. So why, why is that happening, folks? Listen, it's the time we're in. It's the time we're in. Where Satan is using demonized people to kill. Hello? God is going to use you to heal. Can you say Amen. You just got to do it. You just got to do it. Start doing it. Take, just jump out of the boat. Walk on the water. Hello, somebody. Just start doing it because it's on the inside of you. Hello. I mean, I've heard it for years prophesied, prophesied, that every revival that has ever happened since the day of Pentecost will be an accumulation over the last 2,000 years, will be an accumulation all in one event. And all of a sudden, it seems, it seems like we're, we're kind of inching into that right there. It seems we're starting to see the trickling effect of what's happening. What do you have to lose? They're crazy anyway. I mean, they really are. I mean, if you to get on the elevator and start talking about Jesus and all that kind of stuff, but they're dropping the F-bomb and all this kind of stuff and cursing Jesus, the next time you hear somebody curse them, just say, praise the Lord. Jesus blanket Christ. Oh, praise Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm just saying, be bold about that. Now, I'm not talking about weird. Don't. Be, Jesus was not weird. He was not Looney Tunes. He was not weird. But he was bold. Come on now. I'm not talking about being weird. And I'm not down on anybody, but you know, you got to be really, really wise as a serpent, gentle as a dove. Let me tell you two stories. One didn't turn out too good for one guy. The other guy, if he didn't stop, it might not turn out too good for him. As a matter of fact, one sort of kind of got arrested. So this is what happened. He was in California. He started a church, very young minister. Okay, so he decided to go see the Avengers because the Avengers is like his favorite movies. Okay, so this new Avenger movie came out and the theater was packed. So he decided after the movie, after the movie, to go and stand on the stage. And he said, hi, my name is Pastor so-and-so. I said, I know I'm a young pastor, but I just wanted to share the love of God with you today. If any of you were to die today, would you... It caused pandemonium when he actually said, if any of you were to die today, do you know where you'd go? And it cleared out the entire theater. Yeah, they thought he was going to do something. Hello? He's like, he didn't get shot. But he's in California, so there you go. Hello? But no, that you should not. <laughs> and, his, and, and his authority said something to him. How dumb can you get and still breathe? Hello, somebody. And, and, you know, and he got trespassed and everything. 
trying to be a witness for Jesus. Recently, and I know this person personally, stopped in the middle of a Walmart and started, hey, Walmart, and started singing his testimony. Now, I, I'm, okay, great, okay, I mean, but do you really need to do it like that? I mean, I just, I, I mean, I, I give the guy kudos for being bold, but, you know, they're not, they don't listen very well sometimes to those that have gone on before them. <laughs> Can you say, I'm just serious. You know, you're just great. You're, you're, you're being bold and you're witnessing. Okay, that's, that's good. But godly zeal without wisdom leads to trouble. Did you hear what I just said? So where did you come up with that thing? Well, 20 years ago, I had a lot of godly zeal without wisdom, and I got myself into more trouble than you could shake a stick at. <laughs> And God said to me, godly zeal without <laughs> wisdom leads to trouble. <laughs> leads to trouble. Thank you for your enthusiasm, Brother Jack, but hey. Come on, hello. God, Jesus wasn't weird. Come on now. And the world does not know our Christianese language. You... You start singing your testimony and shouting, Glory, hallelujah, everybody lift your hands. This is praise the Lord. Glory, 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 glory. What? What is glory? I have to tell you a true story. Because all my stories are true. Praise God. Amen. I'll tell you a true story. I was in the country of Michigan. Many... <laughs> Many years ago, praise God, amen, uh, I was in Michigan, and um, I think it was in like, I think it was, um, was it Chelsea, Michigan, right around there, in a small town doing a revival. We did two meetings a day, six days a week for three weeks. At about almost the second week in the middle, the revival started to wane. People stopped coming and things like that, and no new people were coming. So I had this brilliant idea, and this idea was on a Sunday morning, I was going to dress up in overalls, I was going to have like boots and everything like that, I put a wig on, I put Billy Bob teeth in my mouth, and I had overalls on, and I had a smelly shirt on, and these overalls with these work boots and everything like that. And my son was going to take me to the local convenience store. I was going to buy a can of beer and kind of pour it on me so I would smell like alcohol, right? Well, I pulled, he pulled, <laughs> he pulls up to the convenience store, and I get out to go into the convenience store. As soon as I hit the door, the clerk panicked and ran out the door because he thought that I was going to rob the place. <laughs> Not good. Because I went to the thing, I got a can of beer and I put it on the cabinet and he runs out. Come to find out that was a dry county and you couldn't buy beer on Sunday. So I hop into the car, right? And they drove around. And the church was like two or three blocks down the street. So he drops me off in the back, and he goes and parks. And I peep around the corner. There's five cop cars that just showed up at the convenience store. And here's Billy Bob behind the church. <laughs> Godly zeal without wisdom leads to trouble. So I hid until the police cars <laughs> left. So when they, had, when they had left, I'm walking in front of the church, right? And all these cars are, you all are looking at me like, are you serious? Did you, I really did that. It gets better. Wait till you stick around. Don't leave. It's just about to get really good. Praise God. So I'm in the front of the church, right? And I'm picking up trash. And every car pulled up and they saw me and every Christian snubbed me. So I made my way to the front of the church. Still people coming in, totally ignoring me and everything. So I just waited outside to make sure they, they were got going in praise and worship. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice because he has made me glad. And I'll praise the Lord in, 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 in the sanctuary. Going to praise him in the sanctuary. Okay. So I walk in, right? And I sit down in the back next to some ladies. Four of them get up and, and spread. They, they did not recognize me. So then I got up and I walked out the back door and the usher goes, Sir, 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 please. I'm like, mm -hmm. 
So he goes back inside. So now I walk in and I go all the way to the front row and I sit down. <laughs> Suck the air out of the room. I go and sit down. They're still praying praise and worship. Suddenly the youth pastor, 260 pounds, six foot four, comes and sits next to me. Like James. <laughs> comes and sits down next to me. So I'm, I'm on the front row, right? And he comes and sits next to me, and then another man comes and sits next to me. And I said, hey, I know this. We've got a Gestapo in the place, right? Not that we don't have. Praise God. I mean, we got good guys. we got good guys, all right? So all of a sudden, I'm like, so I'm taking my finger, and I'm wiping my nose and licking my other finger. And I went, and I wiped it on the guy's hand next to me. <laughs> the youth pastor's hand. <laughs> He's like, he was like, <laughs> like that, right? <laughs> I'm like, y'all know this story, right? Because you've read my books, right? You got books, Pastor? I have three. Praise God, I've written three. Praise God. <laughs> How many know this story? How many don't know this story? Okay, good. All right, I'm telling you the story. <laughs> so all of a sudden, right? And then all of a sudden, the pastor gets up right here, right? And then all of a sudden, like there's a whole group of Pentecostal holiness women and men around me. And I'm sitting here like this, right? And I'm like, like this. And they all get around me. And then all of a sudden, they're like, they lay hands on me. They lay hands on me. And I'm thinking to myself, and they're like, I'm thinking, my God, no wonder nobody wants to come to this church. Because if I was in the world and all of a sudden I would have no clue what these people are doing, what language they speak in Chinese, Japanese, Spanish. And now they're all over me like bees on honey. I'm serious. They all surrounded me. And then all of a sudden, I think a few of them recognized me. And they slowly went and sat back down. <laughs> so like that. And the pastor was up there. And I made arrangements already. So the so pastor was up there. So I make a beeline. I took that wig off, took the teeth out, and I said, I was in jail, and you didn't visit me. I was hungry, and you didn't feed me. I was naked, and you didn't clothe me. You should have seen their faces. I said, we've been here for two and a half weeks. You've stopped going and getting your friends and your relatives and your neighbors, and you've stopped bringing them in here. Man, it was the sh shortest sermon ever in history. It was about 10 minutes. And I said, I think we all need to repent. When they come to the altar, some of them were really mad at me. They made it known to me too. You deceived me. I said, no, you were deceived. Now you see the light. <laughs> Hello, somebody. I didn't deceive you. I removed the veil from your eyes. Wow. There was one, one, one particular church we were in. It was in Alabama. What are you talking about? I'm talking about spiritual endowments, supernatural energy. We were in this church for about two weeks, two-week revival. Pastor Marie was with me. During one of the services, the joy fell, people running, drunk in the Holy Ghost. I grabbed a hold of her. We both started dancing in the Holy Ghost. She broke free, fell on the floor, hit her head on a plexiglass pulpit like this on the bottom, and split the plexiglass pulpit, and it fell. Boom! It didn't fall on her. It fell on the ground. But, she, but her head hit the bottom of it, broke the corner off of it, and the pulpit fell. Boom! You know what I come to realize just now? That was a prophetic thing because that church is no longer there. Oh my gosh, now I'm getting like serious things that I've done and that we've done that were actually prophetic. I was in a pastor friend's church about three years ago and all of a sudden I got on this guy's back and I started riding him like a horse. I got into trouble. But are you ready for this? Later, and I haven't told this to this pastor, and I may not ever, but later, what happened, three months later, his, they left the church, 
But what they were doing for 90 days is they were going around to everybody telling them, you're not tithing, you're not tithing, you're not tithing. Why aren't you tithing? You're not tithing. And come to find out, then the pastor, because this, this guy started going around to everybody, hello, he looked up the books, which he rarely ever did, come to find out he wasn't tithing and hadn't tithed for an entire year. But he was criticizing everybody else for not tithing. Guess what? Rode that donkey right out the church. I mean, it was just a few, a few seconds, but I got into trouble. But you know what? He was causing trouble. I recently read um, Ed Dufresne's book on Prophet Friend of God. And all of a sudden, I, he talks about how prophets are very unusual and they do unusual things. I, now I'm starting to wonder. I'm starting to wonder. I don't think God would ever ask a New Testament prophet to do this. But an Old Testament prophet, he would. For three solid years, he showed his blessed assurance in public. Did you know that? Y'all look at me, what was the blessed assurance? It's what you're sitting on right now, your blessed assurance. He exposed it for three solid years to the Israelites. Is that correct? God was mooning them. <laughs> that was the prophet, it was Elijah? That prophet, no, was... Look up his name. How would you like to... See? That's the reason why you got to watch out. <laughs> you got to fear that office. I'm just going to tell you right now. You just... Y'all okay? All right. I just want to make sure you're okay. You, you do not know who I'm talking about. Okay? So there you go. I mentioned no names. You have no idea, no clue who I'm talking about. Okay? So stop thinking that you think you know because you don't. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Who was it, babe? Okay. So what? A, you don't think God's unusual? You don't think frogs coming upon the land is unusual? You don't think locusts overtaking? I guess Las Vegas just had a locust attack. Praise God. Grasshopper, is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, ask. Okay. I know we got to be really careful because we're accountable. Mm -hmm. But doesn't he say that we're all supposed to desire that gift? Yes, desire spiritual gifts. Absolutely. So that we can know the future and prophesy his word to the rest of the body. So everyone's supposed to desire it, but we have to be careful. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You should fear it. I think she's, uh, we're not to desire the office of a prophet, right. but as um, believers we can desire. So she's not clear yeah, on... Spiritual that. gifts. I'm, I'm willing to learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spiritual gifts. You don't want to desire an office. No, no, you, no, I, I just know there's a verse in Corinthians that says that we're all supposed to desire. Yes, it's 1 Corinthians 12, 1. I think it's 14, 1. I just want to be clear. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I, I, I just want, because I know we're saying be careful, but I just Yes, you have to be careful. That that's something that we can all... Yes. Eagerly pursue and seek to acquire this love, making you known to you, especially that you may prophesy. Okay. But it talks about desiring spiritual gifts. What that means is, is that you, you're desiring to flow in them as God allows you to. It's not, it's, yeah. No, no, you're good because she needed to find the prophet. Who it was? Who was it? Isaiah. Isaiah the prophet. For, for three years. Three years. You know what? I think in the New Testament and in our day and age, I don't think we really understand the spiritual power that's available to the church. If we truly understood what's available to us, I think the enemy has so burdened us down with trials and tribulations and the things of life and the issues of life and we're just trying to survive and and we just don't know who we really are in Christ. But in these last days, God is raising up individuals. He's raising up individuals. 
And so spiritual endowments, that's what these are. This is what this is. So if God starts to do something in your life and it seems to be prevalent, run with it. Learn about it. Keep One thing that Brother Hagin taught us was stay in the middle of the road. Don't get in one ditch and don't get on the other ditch. Just stay in the middle. So what are you saying? Stay with the Word and stay with the Spirit and you'll never get off. You'll never get off. You stay with the Word. This is your foundation in which you launch the Holy Spirit off of. If all we ever have was spirit, 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 we flake up. If all we have is the word, the word, the word, the word, the word, we dry up. So if we have the word and the spirit together, guess what happens? We grow up. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to grow in these things. Yes, seek the supernatural. There's nothing wrong with that. Just make sure it's godly. And don't hang with every wind of doctrine. Just because a prophet or a minister or an apostle can make it rain in a room doesn't mean he's operating by God. Come on, hello somebody. The Bible does say that in the last days there will be false prophets that will come among us and do great signs and wonders to even deceive the elect. Well, what does that mean? Desire the real now. Obtain the real now. Flow in the real now. Have discernment because you have the Word and you have the Holy Ghost. Come on now. He did say that anybody that's moved by the Holy Ghost does not call Jesus accursed. Come on, hello somebody. Yeah. So you, you know, you know when something's the Lord, even though you may have never seen it before. I mean, back in 1993, I'd never seen the joy. I grew up in the church of Christ. I'd never seen the joy. I'd never seen people falling out of the power of God. I'd never seen them laughing uncontrollably and falling on the floor. I thought it was way cool. Marie grew up in a religious church. She thought those people were stinking rude and interrupting. Come on, Hello. It was totally God. So why is that? Because there was a balance between the Word and the Spirit. And if you stay with the Word and you stay with the Spirit, then you will never get off. And you stay steady. As for me and my house, we're sticking with the book of Acts. We're not ever getting off. We're going to stick with the book of Acts. We're going to run with the book of Acts. Hello? And we're going to stay with the supernatural. And we're going to stay with the Word. And we're going to make sure that we preach the Word to the best of our ability, line upon line, precept upon precept, and the subject matter we're talking about. And then we're going to allow the Holy Ghost to do what He wants to do, when He wants to do it, however He wants to do it. Can you say amen? And then we'll see results. I think we're starting to see some results. It's happening, and I believe it's going to happen even more frequently. There'll be not one hurricane that will hit the United States of America this year. There will not be one. It will be a very dry and a little colder winter this year. A little drier. The upper states, man, are they going to get it. They're going to get the snow. They're going to get it. It will be a little cooler and a little drier for us this year. How do you know that? Because, I don't know, the Lord told me. As a matter of fact, the, told, the Lord told me, and I didn't say anything to me except for her, that this summer was going to be a very wet summer, a very hot summer. And it's been a very wet summer, a very hot summer. And I walked out of my house the other day. And actually, it was probably about 3 in the morning. It was a little cooler. And I was like, oh, a little cooler. And we're in July, and it was a little cooler. So I thought, okay. The Lord had been speaking to me about that. Yeah, so... Winter's going to be a little cooler and drier this year. Hallelujah. And there will be not one hurricane that is going to hit the United States of America because we are now a friend of Israel. And because we're a friend of Israel, God will defend. I think there was one that tried to hit. It fizzled out. Did it not? Yeah, it fizzled out, right? Especially when we went up through Louisiana or something like that, in Texas or something like that. There was a tropical depression, and by the time it landed, it was like just rain. Not one hurricane will hit the United States of America this year. There was a seven or eight point something earthquake up in Alaska or something like that, or it went down. Not one person died. Not one person died. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're going to see these things even a more degree. We'll see more power. If man will not take the glory, it will increase in these last days. If they give God all the glory for every miracle, every sign, every wonder, every salvation, every healing, it will increase.
It will increase. It will increase in your life. You'll pray for somebody. Tumors will disappear. The lame will walk. The blind will see. Let me encourage you. You see somebody in a wheelchair. Why don't you stop them and pray for them. Be bold. The world has gotten a lot bolder. And you'll see what God will do. What do you have to lose? Absolutely nothing. You have absolutely nothing to lose. You see somebody in a cast? Just stop. Can I pray for you? Absolutely. See what God will do. We're entering in. Even if it's just a little bit of a misting. And a misting turns into a downpour. So make sure you get all the oil that you can. Make sure you trim your lamps. Trim your wicks. And get all the oil that you can. Don't be one of those that run out of oil. No, you trim your lamps. And you keep yourself full of oil. Can you say amen? Because thy word is a lamp unto thy feet. That's That's the meaning of that prophecy. About keeping your wicks trimmed. And your oil lamps full. What that is, is you stay in the word. Get more of the word. Read the word. Hear the word. Listen to the word. And stay with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Don't leave him. Don't leave signs, wonders, or miracles. No. Press in. Press in like you've never pressed in before. And begin to do. Go forth and do. Go forth and do. And you shall see. You shall see that God will even move before thee. And he'll even set you up. You say, Lord, give me an opportunity. He'll give you an opportunity. And if you miss it, that's okay. There'll be another opportunity. Just go about doing. Go ye into all the world. And just preach the gospel. Lay hands on the sick. Cast out devils. Freely you received. Freely give. And God will back it. Amen. For the Lord will be working with you. He won't be working against you. He'll be working with you. Confirming the word with signs, wonders, and miracles. Just do it. See what happens. Just do it. Just lay your hands on somebody. Just pray for somebody. You see them ailing in Walmart? Hello? Walk up to them. You see them in the scooter? Ask them. Hey, listen, you look like you're in pain. Can I pray for you? What are they going to No? Okay, then go ahead and get your Briar's ice cream and then leave. Praise God. Amen. Just do it. Just do it. See what will happen. Get filled up and then pour out. Get filled back up and then get poured out. Just go about doing the work and God will take care of your work. You go about doing what he told you to do. He'll take care of what you need to do. Just go ahead and do it. See what happens. What do you have to lose? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. See what happens. Spiritual endowments. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet if you would. Thank you for joining us this week. It's our honor to serve you and be part of your walk with Christ. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.net. Have a blessed week. And remember, the best is yet to come.